0: Today, I invite you to reflect on your journey with God. How's it going? Do you feel like you're moving forward, or do you feel stuck, or maybe even like you're moving backwards in your faith with God? Well, a scripture that can help, help us reflect on our journey with the Lord is Hebrews chapter 12, verses 18 through 29. Now, this passage gives us a glimpse of the future and where we're headed Now, the book of Hebrews is often thought of as a letter, as an epistle, but I think it feels more like a sermon that exhorts us to live the Christian life. It wants us to persevere in our journey with the Lord. Now, Hebrews was first written to a group of Christians who were struggling and struggling mightily, and its words were intended to encourage them to keep up with their journey of faith, to to keep going with Jesus Christ. Now, in our Scripture passage, it refers to both Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. These are symbols for the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, respectively. Now, the Hebrew people have been to Mount Sinai. They've lived under the Old Covenant, and there are plenty of stories about this in the Old Testament. But they have not yet reached Mount Zion. And Mount Zion can also be a symbol for heaven. They haven't reached this destination. But the writer of Hebrews encourages them to keep going, to to keep going in that direction. So this is the context of our scripture passage today. Let's listen now to these words. It's Hebrews chapter 12, verses 18 through 29. And at the beginning of this scripture passage, I want to point out, it is referring to Mount Sinai, even though it's not specifically stated there. And so this is what the scripture says. You have not come to something that can be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that not another word be spoken to them, for they could not endure the order that was given if even an animal touches the mountain, it shall be stoned to death. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion, and to the city of the living God and the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who were enrolled in heaven. And to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See that you do not refuse the one who is speaking, for if they did not escape when they refused the one who warned them on earth, how much less will we escape If we reject the one who warns from heaven, at that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of what is shaken, that is created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us give thanks by which we offer to God an acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for indeed, our God is a consuming fire. Amen. You know, going on a journey and taking a trip can really be a fun adventure fact, my family and I just went on our own little fun adventure. We had a family vacation to Ocean Isle, and I'm grateful to you all for providing vacation time to me and the ministry staff. Everybody needs time for rest and relaxation, and I think a lot of us use our vacation time to take fun summer trips. Now, it's occurred to me that the way we plan our trips has changed dramatically in my own lifetime. When I was a kid, my parents would plan a summer vacation by going down to our local AAA and getting a stack of maps, brochures, and guidebooks. And AAA even gave out trip tickets that would tell you where you could expect construction on the roads that you would be traveling. Well, one summer uh, when we were planning a trip to New York, I remember my parents reading through all of those AAA materials, trying to help them select the hotels and attractions and restaurants that we would go to. And the reviews in those booklets uh, often placed stars by each item, ranging from one to five stars. But I think as a whole, those reviews in those guidebooks weren't really all that helpful. Uh, there weren't many pictures, And the information that they provided was just usually a tiny little paragraph, and the information in that little paragraph was usually out of date by the time they printed those booklets. So it seems to me that most of my parents' travel decisions boiled down to a leap of faith. They really didn't know what kind of hotel room they were getting or what that attraction that we would visit would really hold. Well, thank goodness we don't plan our trips like this any longer. Technology has changed it. We can go on the internet and read up on the places that we want to go. We can look at tons of pictures and read loads of reviews. We use websites like Travelocity and Trivago to to book our hotel rooms and flights and rental cars. And with the advent of GPS, we no longer need paper maps. Of course, you have to be discerning when you're reading through all the materials that you find on the internet, especially with the travel reviews. Some people will complain about every detail. And then some people will write a glowing review for a place that we might not like. You know, one person's uh, hotel room that looks like a palace could be a, a real dump to us. So making wise choices makes a a big difference in the quality of the journey. The writer of Hebrews wants us to make the most of our journey with God. It is a journey that we don't want to miss out on. And I think there's some really helpful advice for our journey that we find in Hebrews chapter 12. Now, to make the most of this chapter, I think it helps to take a step back and review the ways that people have already journeyed with God throughout the Bible. And there are a lot of journeys that we see in the scriptures. In Genesis, we encounter a man who leaves his home and travels to a country that he knows nothing about. He simply goes out on faith. His name is Abraham. And he, and he travels with his fam- family from a place called Ur to Canaan with a side trip to Egypt. Now his grandson Jacob also went to Egypt, but he wasn't going there to visit the Great Pyramids. He went there to be reunited with his son Joseph. Now a few centuries later, Jacob's descendants left Egypt and went on a journey to the Promised Land. It was a long road trip. It took 40 years and when they got to their destination or close to their destination, people were beginning to hear details about the promised land. And they really didn't like what they were hearing. They, they feared going into the promised land. But Joshua and Caleb brought back good news, good reviews of this place. And that made a tremendous difference. Those reviews eased their concerns and motivated the people to enter the promised land. A few centuries after that, the descendants of these travelers were captured, and they were taken to Babylon, where they lived in exile for 70 years. And then several centuries after that, Jesus entered the story, and he went on his own journey to the cross. And then a final journey that we find in the Bible is highlighted in Hebrews chapter 11 where the journey of the church is compared to a journey through a strange land. The point is that the world for the believer is a temporary home. Our citizenship is in heaven, and that's the direction we're called to travel. And as we take this journey, the writer of Hebrews offers us some helpful advice by contrasting two different journeys. Now, there's Israel's physical journey to Mount Sinai, where they encountered God during the Exodus. And then the other journey is the spiritual journey of Christians who are traveling toward heaven, toward the city of the living God. So what advice for this journey can we take from Hebrews? What what helps us? Make the most of our journey with God. Well, we start with perseverance. If you go back to the beginning of chapter 12, the writer of Hebrews urged his readers to live with perseverance, to press on with the journey of faith. Verse 1 says, let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. And which we do, we do this with Jesus. Jesus endured his own trials. He endured a very difficult journey all the way to the cross, and he shows us what perseverance looks like. And then in verse 12, the writer of Hebrews encourages the people to lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Now, With these words, Hebrews is reminding us that the journey of faith is tough. But the destination is worth it. Now, the Israelites certainly needed perseverance because their journey to Mount Sinai through the desert was characterized by fire, darkness, and gloom, as the Scripture says. And then when the people heard the voice of God, they were so terrified by it, that they begged that not another word be spoken. Furthermore, God ordered no person, no creature, in fact, to touch the mountain, because if they did, they would immediately die. Now, their journey to Sinai was hard, and it was hard in part because their access to God was limited. It was restricted. You know, it's kind of like going on a road trip to a place that you've always wanted to visit, and then when you finally get there, the place is closed. You can't enter it. Well, Israel was experiencing some significant limitations and restrictions in their journey. God had helped them out by giving them the law, giving them the old covenant, which provided them with instructions on how to live but it didn't provide a way to ultimately deal with their sin. And they had quite a history with sin. They were prone to wander. They, they complained quite a bit, and they worshiped other gods. And even when they reached the promised land, their sin prevented them from having full access to God. This was symbolically visible in the temple, where a curtain separated the people from God's holiness. Now I realize that not every Christian enjoys reading the Old Testament or even sees the value in it, but I think it's important for us to not overlook this part of the biblical story because it helps us understand how sin blocks us off from God, and it shows us that God kept on working to redeem his people and to make a way for all people to have access to God now this part of the biblical story in one sense is like shopping for a hotel room now you can't appreciate a good hotel room until you've stayed in a bad hotel room years ago when I was fresh out of college traveling with some buddies of mine I paid $2.50 for a hotel room in Nicaragua and you get what you pay for right Well, for that room, I got a fitted sheet on the mattress and a fan on the nightstand. That's it. I didn't get a top sheet. I didn't get a blanket. There was no bathroom in the room. And, of course, there was no room service. That room was not fancy, to say the least. Yet it makes a Holiday Inn room look amazing. In our scripture passage, the writer of Hebrews wants us to see the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. It's the difference between Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. And Mount Zion is a reference again to heaven. And the difference between these two, the difference between Mount Sinai and Mount Zion, is Jesus Christ. He's the difference maker. And His death and resurrection opened the way for all people, to fully connect with God. Now, I want you to notice the difference between these two places. Mount Sinai is filled with fear, darkness, and gloom. But Mount Zion is different. It's called the heavenly Jerusalem. And once we get there, the Scripture tells us that we'll meet angels in a festal gathering. We'll see the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven. We'll find God the judge of all and the spirits of the righteous made perfect. And lastly, the scripture tells us that we will meet Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. This is the destination for those who stick with it and have faith in Jesus Christ. It's about perseverance. And perseverance helps make the most of this journey that we're on. So does listening to God's voice and embracing what we hear. This is a second key piece of advice that the writer of Hebrews offers because he knows that ignoring and rejecting God's word has dire consequences. The scripture tells us that God's voice shook the earth when the Israelites were at Mount Sinai. And sometime in the future, God's voice will shake both heaven and earth, removing all barriers to God and revealing a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Now I do think it's bad form for us to not listen to God. Just look at what it says in verse 25. It says, "See that you do not refuse the one who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused the one who warned them on earth, how much less will we escape if we reject the one who warns" From heaven. The writer of Hebrews is reminding us that when God spoke from Mount Sinai, the people didn't listen. And we know what happened to them. They got in a lot of trouble, they found themselves in a big mess. So let's learn from their example and listen when God speaks. Now, listening is a critical part of the journey of faith. Some of our recent sermons have been focusing on this, uh, and our church has been doing a lot of listening in our visioning process. We've been listening to God, we've been listening to each other, and that's helped us discern a new vision for our church, and we're going to vote on this today at our, in our church conference. With this new vision, we're naming the direction that we believe God wants us to go as a church, and this new vision names five key priorities that will shape our ministry. But I want to remind us that even though we've created this vision that we've received from God, it's not a done deal. Visioning is ongoing work that we need to continue to listen to God and make adjustments as we hear God speak. And the purpose of this is to keep us moving with the Lord, who is working to redeem us and change us and transform us. And ultimately, to prepare us for God's kingdom. That's why it's critical that we listen for God's voice. A third piece of advice that we receive from the writer of Hebrews involves gratitude. The writer of Hebrews says in verse 28, Let us give thanks by which we offer to God an acceptable worship with reverence and awe. You know, when we receive a gift, it would be rude of us to not thank the giver. Well, God is the source of all good gifts, and the Lord blesses us in some way every day if we'll just look for it. And it's for that reason I want to encourage you to find something each day for which you can be thankful, and then to share your gratitude with God. That makes life more meaningful it also helps prepare us for God's eternal kingdom. So we have three good pieces of advice from Hebrews that will help us in our journey. We're encouraged to persevere. We're encouraged to listen to God. And we're encouraged to offer thanks to the Lord. These are three important ways that can help us make the most of our journey of faith. These things help prepare us for God's future kingdom. These things help us in our journey through this world. Now, this is a a tough journey that we're on. It's not something that we can do alone. But with the help of the Holy Spirit and with the encouragement of each other, we can begin to enjoy the abundant life that's promised to us in God's kingdom right now. And that's something that we should embrace. It is the kind of joy that one day will fill all of heaven and earth. And it's made possible to us through Jesus Christ. I don't want any of us to miss out on this journey. In fact, I want us to make the most of it. And when you took your seat this morning, you hopefully found a card in your seat. A card that looks something like this that says, don't miss out on this journey. On the flip side, it says, steps I can take to deepen my journey with God. I want you, in the next couple minutes, we'll have a quiet time to do this, but uh, prayerfully consider the steps that you can take to deepen your journey with the Lord. Spend some time in prayer, write down and sketch out what that journey might look like for you as you move into the future. But take this seriously. Because this is a journey that none of us really want to miss out on. Let's make the most of it. So let's spend now just a few moments in prayer and sketching out the direction that we each need to move in our journey with the Lord. And this card is for your eyes only. Nobody else is going to see it. So take a few minutes to work on this in prayer.